our premarital counselor said that at times in your marriage, you will fall out of love, but you can't fall out of love at the same time. If you're going into your bootstrapping adventure with another business partner, you can't fall out of love at the business at the same time. This is Alyssa Padgett. Welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 193. The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly show for nomadic entrepreneurs, and today I'm interviewing Heath for our final startup series episode talking about bootstrapping a company. So let's dive in. Heath, what does bootstrapping mean? I think it means not paying yourself. I love how you started it with, I think. (laughs) He doesn't know. (laughs) Please hold while Heath Googles this. This is off the top of my head. Bootstrapping (laughs) is to finance your company's startup and growth with the assistance or input from others. So anyone who started a business on a shoestring is adept at bootstrapping or stretching resources, both financial and otherwise, as far as they can. That's not plagiarized or copied from, say, entrepreneur.com. Do you want to start this over? No. (laughs) For us, bootstrapping the past few years essentially has meant to make an intentional decision to not raise money and put in a little bit and essentially put sweat equity into growing this company versus going out and raising, you know, $100,000 to build an MVP or whatever. We built the whole application ourselves. We went out, got customers, we found partners. Essentially, I think at this point, I can say we found product market fit in our pricing and things like that. And yeah, that's where we're at today. So what are the pros and cons of going this bootstrapping route versus actually, you know, raising any type of investment? I'm hesitant to talk about anything that is not applicable to my situation because I think this is going to be different for everybody. Just and share I, your experience. Totally. And I, yeah. So for us, when I was first starting Camp Crap Booking in 2016, originally it was me and Bob was my other co-founder at the time. And we were kind of kicking around the idea and I kind of had the biz dev background sales and he was a designer, but we didn't really have a full stack developer who could come in and help us build the product. And we were in Austin at the time. We had just done our hourly America tour and we were parked there for a while. And so I just reached out to an angel investor in town and I said, hey, here's what I want to build. Here's our landing page for the website. Here's some of our app design. So I kind of went in there with something and also like some experience in the space. And he basically was like, hey, I think you should be a little bit further along. What I was kind of asking for was like $50,000 to like go build our product and stuff like that. And in turn, it would have taken way, way more than that. But I think that was kind of a good thing. And then I kind of looked at some other options for how we could get things started. Another option I was thinking about taking was partnering with an established company in the RV industry who basically offered to like give resources and put me on salary, whatever. And I would get a very small stake in the company compared to like what I would get for going my own path. And that was a conversation that you and I were having for a while, decided not to do that. And essentially at that point, I'm like, I want to do this. And the thing that I haven't even tried is just like posting in our Facebook group and asking like, are there any really good developers out there who I think what I said was like rock star developers, but <laughs> in hindsight, it's like, if you raise your hand at something like that, it sounds like a tool thing to say, like I'm a rock star developer. Anyway, it was actually <laughs> Paul's wife, Heather, who said like, my husband's a great, really smart guy. And I ended up having some really good conversations from that. But when I found somebody who could build it, we were just like, Hey, we have the skills here. Like, let's get started and try building this thing. And the main reason why we decided to go our own path of not raising money was really out of necessity. It was like, well, it's going to take time and effort to go raise money. And it does take a lot of time and effort. And so let's just like build a product and get it out there and see if we can actually like start a business that is going to make us some money. And then if at a certain point it makes sense to raise money, then we'll go do that. Flash forward three years, we're currently at a point where we are growing fast enough 
adding on so many new customers and Paul is stretched so thin that we have opened up a convertible note and we're raising $150,000. Just a kind of like a family and friends type around in the company. <laughs> what? Why are you laughing? I've never heard someone say something, say it like that. Like Series A slash family and friends. It's not a Series A. It's a seed round. It's a I guess seed is what you would call it. But okay. it's a convertible note is what it's called. And mm-hmm. I would say family and friends because in this type of round, you're not supposed to like go out and solicit. There's all these types of things. So it's like it really is people within your network. Interesting. Who I didn't realize money. there were so many, I guess, rules and restrictions yeah. around things There's like many that. pages in all the documents that the lawyer sent me, so you can look at it <laughs> if you want. It does affect your life, too. I mean, yeah. I'll take the spark notes version. Yeah. So pros and cons here, because you started out bootstrapping, and now you're going the other direction of actually taking investment. Yeah, I think for me, it was a risk-reward scenario where I felt it was super risky to like take a bunch of money before we found out like what exactly we were trying to build. And I kind of felt like, well, worst case scenario, if we spend a year or two building a product and nobody wants it is like, I learn a lot about building and deploying a software company and, you know, maybe it doesn't work out, but if it does work out, then we'll have built something. We'll have been further along because it's always the case with the more money you take the earlier on, the more you're going to have to give up. And so at this point, now that we're three years in, I can look at our projected revenue for 2020. I can look at our average revenue per customer. I can look at our processes, where our product is at, and things like that. And, you know, at this point, do a convertible note and give up a very small percentage of the company and be able to hire on an additional developer and things like that. Versus if we had done that early, we would give up a lot more. So that's kind of like the cliche, the earlier you raise money, the more you have to give up type of thing. So that's the biggest pro that I would say. The biggest con is that, again, in my experience, bootstrapping has been incredibly challenging from a financial perspective because essentially, like, I've had to drop a lot of things. You know, like, for a long time, you and I were running HeathAndAlyssa.com. I'm doing this podcast. We host our RV Entrepreneur Summit. We've had client projects. (laughs) Like, we've done a lot of fun travel trips. So it's like, we made our bed that we're currently laying in. It's a great one, (laughs) metaphorically, whatever. And literally now in our new RV, but it's a sleep number. Yeah, it's, it's a great. sleep number bed. But I would say that that's been the biggest challenge is that all the hours and as of like this past year was the first time we wrote a check to ourselves mm-hmm. after like three years of working on this and we paid our contractors and a lot of other people before we paid us. I think that has been hands down the biggest challenge when you're bootstrapping is essentially like, yeah, you get to hold on more equity. But at the cost sometimes of like your sanity and then it Mm. bigger risk then becomes like burnout. Like I've talked a lot about runway on this podcast in the scope of, you know, how much money do you have to go travel and how many cool adventures can you have and like how much freelance or projects can you pick up before you run out of runway. And I think for us, there has been the financial runway component always is going to be there. But I think more prevalent is maybe even the emotional runway that can like you can Mm -hmm. burn yourself out because essentially you're doing something working at all ends of the night and all hours and it's cool you're building a product and people are using it that's great but it's really a challenge burning the candle at both ends and then also not getting paid for it i mean you're building equity in this company that can be worth many many millions of dollars but i need to make sure that we can you know sustain ourselves kind of thing so i think that for you and i like building that's been the challenging part of bootstrapping is essentially like the financial piece for sure and i think it helps to then having a partner 
because when you have a moment where you're like dude i can't do this anymore like Mm -hmm. we've been just pushing out a brick wall and it's not moving or when paul's like man i gotta go get a job because this is not paying me but it's taking you know 80 hours a week you have that other person that can talk you off the the edge of the cliff so to speak i think it's good our premarital counselor for you and me Mm -hmm. said that at times in your marriage you will fall out of love but you can't fall out of love at the same time like you're not allowed to i think she said that she she did say that. she said that so i think in this scenario it's like yeah if you're going into your bootstrapping adventure with another business partner whether it's your spouse or a friend or whatever colleague you know, like you can't fall out of love with the business at the same time. I think like there are days when Paul's like, dude, I'm just at the end of my ropes and same with me. And we've kind of like had to like push and encourage each other. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we're actually building something that's meaningful. It's being used. It's it's really hard right now. And I think for me, one of the things I've had to learn as a founder has been that emotionally, like there are so many highs and lows. I think whenever we were building things like our summit and the podcast, like it was mostly highs, to be mm-hmm. totally honest. Like it was way easier. I think it's way easier blogging and like, and, and like, and not in a bad way. It's like, it was several years of people not reading your stuff. Like that's a challenge, but it's been a whole nother challenge to build this company side of things. And like some of the days are are really good and some have not been so much, but I think that it's starting to be a lot more trending up. So all that to say, I think from a bootstrapping perspective and thinking about burnout and having that risk, one thing that's been really helpful is like having small wins along the way. It's really hard to build something, but if you're working really hard to build something, you're not getting paid and nobody's using it, that's a challenge. So like once we finally started getting customers on, the challenge shifted from, hey, no one's using this to people are using it, but it's not working as it should be. Like you're kind of like diagnosing and fixing another problem all along the journey. And now it's like, we have so many people, like we have over 20 campgrounds right now that we're onboarding, which is really, really cool. Like these are new parks that we're signing up that are like, we're onboarding the system. The challenge has went from like, we need more campgrounds using us to like, holy crap, we've got a lot of parks that we're onboarding right now. That's (laughs) awesome, but we need more help. And so I think it's always going to be like a new problem that you're dealing with in the business, if that makes sense. I don't even remember what you asked. I kind of just went on a whole tangent. That's okay. I feel like this is a little bit like business therapy with (laughs) Heath. Let him air his issues. I think the whole point of like this podcast and other podcasts that are long form that talk about business and is just to like be able to share you know, the highs and lows and things that are working, mm-hmm. things that are not working. So we're doing a startup series on the podcast. So like, you know, digging into this, if you're listening to this and like, you're trying to build your thing, like, I hope this is helpful because, you know, I'm building my thing. And you I know? do want to point out that I've been wanting to do this series for a long time and we are doing it at this point in the business's life where you are onboarding 20 parks and you just like close another campground today and you're in this period of just like crazy awesome growth everything is like on the up and up momentum like you've just said and it's kind of like the perfect time to be doing this because you've got all this like yes about it whereas like you mentioned earlier there are definitely times where you're like no one wants my product it sucks you you go through those you have to have your partner you know pull you up sometimes but we're doing this at like the perfect time for you to be like oh yeah, this is how you bootstrap a company. Like we're totally killing it, guys. I think I've shared enough and been vulnerable enough on this podcast that people know <laughs> that it's it's had its highs and lows. Yeah, it's good to be able to share your successes, yeah. just like all your funny failure stories. Yeah, I remember we were at that conference in New York City last year and the girl on stage said like, people relate to your, su- or people, people respect your successes, but they relate to your 
weaknesses or failures. failures. They relate to your failures. Yeah, I kind of chopped that up, but I, I love that. I think about that a lot. I mean, that was actually two years ago, and you remembered it almost verbatim. So yeah. it sticks with you. So going back, y'all paid yourselves for the first time, you and Paul, in this past year. So how did you calculate? Was there a certain number you needed in your bank account to know that you could pay your employees and your contractors and then still have enough funds for whatever projects you might be doing and there was like okay here's you know three thousand dollars that are going to be left to the bank account that we can divvy up between ourselves or is there like some sort of formula for figuring out how much money you actually need to have in the bank before you can be paid honestly Heather and Paul said we're going to take out an owner draw this week it's going to be this amount I had signed up quite a few parks and we got paid quite a bit I literally could not tell you how much is in our <laughs> bank account. I have no idea. I haven't even looked in there in months. Okay. I just, I see invoices being paid, but I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Might be a bad CEO hat. Like, I, I have an That's idea. So I've looked me. in our QuickBooks recently and I like looked, for, sounds going to be really bad, but it's just like a moment of real honesty. I looked at our QuickBooks for the first time this year, a week ago, because I had no idea how much we'd been paying our contractors this year. <laughs> I didn't. I knew like we had agreements in place. So like mm-hmm. I kind of knew cap of hours and things like that, but I didn't know exact numbers. You know what I mean? So you have no idea how much like the business has spent in the past year. Oh no, I do now. Cause I you reviewed it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is just so funny. To it's me. funny because Alyssa <laughs> and I also run our other business together, but like I'm in campground booking by myself. So she's like, has no idea what's going on. I, well, I mean, I know like for us, for our business, I keep track of all that stuff, but for whatever reason, I just assumed that you had more of like an intimate like hands-on knowledge with campground booking (laughs) but i was wrong what makes you assume that we have heather who's an accountant and she's the tax queen yes it's very detailed we have very good records of everything it's just all handled like she takes care of it which is awesome unrelated if you're an rver and you want to know stuff about taxes heather ryan has an awesome book you can find it on amazon taxes for our viewers taxes for (laughs) our viewers super awesome so i want to wrap up this episode with one question because this podcast is for nomadic entrepreneurs people who want to be running a business and traveling ideally at the same time so which route would you say would be the best way to go if you're giving advice for someone because in my mind i'm thinking okay well you're raising six seven figures potentially running a a software business can you really do that while traveling full time and how would that affect investor relationships and would it be like you can't really, you know, be outside and traveling and enjoying it on weekdays because you need to be on call, those sorts of things. So what are your thoughts? One of the other reasons why we decided to not like put a big effort behind going to raise a bunch of money was also because Paul and I are both full-time RVers. We are now again and Scarlett's on the road and like we wanted to be able to build this company and continue our lifestyle which meant that there are days like Paul went to Slab City yesterday in California that place that's like its own little and you know like he took Mm -hmm. out the day and went there of course it was like a weekend too but you know once you raise a bunch of money even though I've personally never done that everyone does have a fiduciary duty to their investors to maximize those returns and I know that you know if it was a year or two years ago and I took two million dollars I would feel guilty for posting photos of us taking a month and going to Italy. Mm-hmm. I don't now because I bootstrapped the company. I have processes in place for Sean doing sales demos, for Scarlett handling support, Paul's pushing the product. He knows I'm gone. Like I'm still involved in the business, but like 
if we missed out on a little bit of growth that month because you and I took time to go to Italy, I earned that as long as I'm providing for my customers because we're not, we haven't raised a ton of money and you know, like my investors aren't paying for me to go take on a trip to Italy. And so as I've been having conversations with investors for the small convertible note that we're doing now, I point blank asked them, I was like, hey, is it weird if like Alyssa and I are getting back on the road and I take money you know, from you to grow this business? And they're like, no, you've like proven that you're gonna show up and execute regardless of if you're traveling or whatever you're doing. Like you have the track record, you've proven it, like you host this conference, you've started this software company. Also, I think that there's so much tie in with what you're doing and RVing and travel and et cetera that points back. And so I feel personally like at this point, I'm totally confident, comfortable raising money in us continuing our lifestyle. Like I wouldn't feel weird or guilty about posting a photo of us exploring New Orleans tomorrow if we decided to take the day off on a Tuesday. But I think, you know, the idea of taking lots of money and not being responsible or spending too much time traveling around and not getting a return for your investment, it's just like I wouldn't give somebody million dollars if I had it and then say like, yeah, go be a lifestyle entrepreneur. Cause that's not the point. Like if you're mm-hmm. taking that much money, you're going to try to give them a big, big return, which means growing your thing as fast as you possibly can by us intentionally deciding to bootstrap. It's been harder in a lot of ways, but we chose that because of this lifestyle. Awesome. Well, thank you Heath for letting me take over for six full episodes. If you missed any of the previous startup episodes, you can find them wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we will see you next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. 